Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. I have SMA Type 2, and I am a columnist and forums director for smanewstoday.com. Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. And joining me today is Amber Joy Watkins, who currently lives in Miami Beach, Florida, and is originally from Philadelphia. She is an SMA mom and advocate, and her daughter, Celine, has SMA. So Amber Joy, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, before we get started, if everyone could please listen to a brief word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by Genentech, the makers of an FDA-approved treatment for SMA. To learn about our study results across different types of people with SMA, visit approvedforsma.com. That's approvedforsma.com. Okay, so Amber Joy, just to start off, can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself, your family life, anything you want to share there? So I am born and raised in Philadelphia and was there for a very long time, um, which actually comes full circle because when I tell you more about Celine, I've just felt so fortunate to be near CHOP, the Children's Hospital Mm. of Philadelphia, because um, they're one of the leading um, hospitals in dealing with SMA. But anyway, born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, I married my husband to my husband, Tom Domalski. We decided to have a, a baby. Uh, you know, we decided to try for a baby back in 2017 and we were successful and we had a beautiful baby girl. Her name is Celine. And um, it was all really a dream. Like she was the perfect baby. She was happy and calm and, and everything seemed really perfect. Um, until about three or f- until she was about three or four months old, I noticed that she wasn't moving around the same way as some other kids that I would observe. You know, at, at that time I was doing like mommy and me yoga and Celine wasn't able to like lift her head up and tummy time. And, and, and so I brought it up to the doctor and um, I'm really jumping into this. <laughs> no worries. Um, Go ahead. I, I brought it up to her pediatrician. I was um, told that babies, you know, develop at different paces that Celine was perfect and you know not to worry she would um gain her gross motor skills in her own time and um jump forward to the six-month appointment I kind of kept that in my head we I worked with her as much as possible to build her strength and it wasn't really working but I really had faith in what the doctor said so at her six-month appointment um she actually saw a different doctor in the in the practice um and the doctor you know looked at me like kind of like she saw a ghost and she said, you know, I think your daughter has spinal muscular atrophy and you need to start physical therapy with her right away. And you need to go to see um, the neurology, the head of neurology at CHOP right away. You need to get in there right away. Um, And so I actually, um, thank goodness for the pediatrician because when I called CHOP neurology, there was like a three month wait to get an appointment. But the uh, Celine's pediatrician had done a rotation with spinal muscular atrophy patients. And so she was, she was pretty sure that Celine had spinal muscular, spinal muscular atrophy. And so um, she went ahead and contacted the doctors on our behalf. And we were in a few days later, um, we got the genetic testing and it was confirmed that Celine did have spinal muscular atrophy. And she was diagnosed as a type one, um, even though she didn't, um, have any of the well she was diagnosed as a type one yeah because yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so 
So that's where our story, that's where our SMA story began. Yeah. And then what year was this when she was diagnosed? She was diagnosed in uh, December of 2018. It was actually a few days okay. before a few days before Christmas. Okay. And she was diagnosed. Um, so that was a time in, in which um Spinraza was available. Right, right. Um, Zolgensma was still in the trial stage. It was getting ready to be FDA approved, but it wasn't quite FDA approved. Mm-hmm. So um, Celine's neurologist um, suggested to us was that we start Spinraza right away. So we did that the, the, a week after her diagnosis. And in the meantime, um, Serene, Celine's, no, I, I don't even know why I can't say my daughter's name today. <laughs> uh, Celine's neurologist. Um, okay, let me, sorry. The reason why I probably can't say yeah. her name, is like, I call her Jelly Bean. So I'm not used to saying Nice, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. You can um, refer to her as that for the rest of the podcast if you want to. Okay, let's, let's go with Jelly Bean then. So I won't stutter. So um, Jelly Bean's neurologist applied for compassionate use for Zolgensma. And in the meantime, we did um, Spinraza. And so we were part of the Manage Access program. There's a very, I, mean, I think there's about 30 families that, that I know of that received Zolgensma after the trial ended, but before it was FDA approved. And that's called compassionate use. So that's how um, Celine um, received Zolgensma. And, and so the application process took about five weeks. Okay. Yeah. So she received her Spinraza loading doses while we waited for Zolgensma. Gotcha. Gotcha. So can I ask, uh, you know, one of the conversations I have like with newer parents, especially since um, your daughter was diagnosed like post Spinraza, what were kind of the conversations like during that diagnosis period? Obviously it's overwhelming, but was there that sense of hope nonetheless, given that there were treatments both available and on the horizon? Yes. Um, absolutely. Um, Celine's doctor was hopeful and she told me, you know, she basically, and my head is very cloudy from the meeting, but she, she more or less yeah. said, you know, the trajectory of SMA is changing. I can't make any promises. We don't know what's going to happen. This is a new drug. It's a case by case, case basis, but um, you're, you're lucky to, you know, be in this time frame that you have access to treat, you know, that we have a diagnosis for one, because it often takes a long time to even get a diagnosis. Had mm-hmm. my patient not reached out to CHOP on my behalf, we would have been waiting that three months. And I've, and I've talked to so many parents, you know, who, who have to wait because of, you know, uh, different protocols set in place. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. Um, so we were fortunate to get that speedy diagnosis. It didn't feel, it didn't necessarily feel that way in the moment, but looking back, I feel so fortunate to have gotten, I, I just like, I actually send my daughter's pediatrician a gift every year. Like, thank God, you know, for recognizing the signs of SMA. And, um, and I'm so grateful to CHOP um, for taking action right away, you know, dis- you know, encouraging me to to start Spinraza right away while we read it for the Zolgensman, because I do think it's changed a lot. And her doctor was, Yes, she was. That's great. And then from that point, did you get, because obviously you're pretty involved in the community now and um, contributing for SMA My Way, were, did you and your husband kind of get involved in the community um, pretty much right away? Or what was that process like? So right away, um, I think just, um, it, was tr- it was a traumatic experience for me, you know, mm. um, that diagnosis. So right away, I started I got online and I did a bunch of research 
Um, and I started reaching out to other parents on social media. And it really, my intention really wasn't to become an advocate. It was just like, I just really needed someone to talk to. And so I just, anybody who would listen to me, I just started talking to them and getting tips and learning their stories and what they were going through. Um, so that's how I started. It was pretty organic. It still is. Yeah. And my, my, my intention wasn't necessarily, especially at that time, I was so overwhelmed with so many doctor's visits. There wasn't much I felt that I could contribute to the community. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, you know, eventually I always had it in my heart that I, I wanted to do more um, to raise awareness and to advocate. Um, and so when I got over the hump of the diagnosis and life kind of, you know, has adjusted back to normal, even though Celine, you know, she does still have symptoms of SMA, you know, she's, you know, Zoljans, but it's not a cure, but we've all learned to live with it. And so now I have the energy and the strength to do some of the things that I'm doing now. Yeah. It's about a year to get there. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask that. So like, when did you start seeing yourself as an advocate? I, 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 uh, it's so funny because I feel flattered when people call me an advocate, but you know, I just, it just kind of, I wouldn't necessarily refer to myself as an advocate. I just kind Mm -hmm. of like, I'm definitely a supporter and I, I mean, I am an advocate. I am. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. Cause I feel like I'm not even doing, you know, enough, but, um, I just really like to, or I enjoy raising awareness about SMA. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy sharing our story because um, in some ways I'm proud of our story. You know, I'm so proud of Celine, the progress that she's made and, you know, how we, you know, learn to live with, you know, SMA, you know. So I, I, I like to share the story. Yeah, it. I think it does become a very organic process, really. I mean, like the like both for people living with SMA and parents, it's just something you kind of fall into in, in a way. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then in sharing our story, that's kind of like where the advocating comes in. It's like, okay, this is my story. And then people are like, okay, so how can we help? Well, you know, yeah. I, I know these wonderful charities, charities that you can, you know, cure SMA and chop. We raise a ton of money for both um, and also given gifts ourselves. And, you know, this is how you can help, you know, we feel fortunate that, like I said, we we come full circle. We we're living with SMA and we're uh-huh. doing. We don't need that much help, but there's a lot of people. I know a lot of families who do need help, so that's why I try uh-huh. to raise for your SMA and for CHOP to advance the research and also to provide support for families that are currently that currently need it. Sure, sure, absolutely. And so, how old is uh, Jelly Bean? Right, uh, uh, Jelly Bean. It's, it's, She'll tell you she's three and a half. Nice, nice. She always corrects me. She's three and a half. She'll be four in May. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that sounds like my niece, like very like particular about like what age she she declares herself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really proud to say she's actually in school right now, which is why I'm able to do. That's that's why I'm able to do this podcast with you. And mom, Mm -hmm. when she entered school was really a pivot point for me because I finally had the time to do more work in the SMA community. So yeah. that, so that she started school in, um, in October. So that okay. was definitely okay. to answer your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, so uh, that's great. So what's that process been like in terms of her starting school and like what kind of assistance does she need and um, and just anything you want to say about that? So I learned about the school that she's attending now through a fellow SMA mom. Mm-hmm. Um, her son attended the school before I put Celine in. And so I felt comfortable that they would be equipped to handle whatever Celine's needs are. Um, Celine, um, so she wears braces. She, she can walk on her own independently with okay. her braces. And so um, it, what she does when she goes to school is um, she has to take the elevator upstairs if, if someone's not there to carry her. So she uses the elevator and a teacher will stay with her. Um, she needs assistance if she falls, you know, because she can't quite get up on her own. Mm-hmm. And, um, but other than that, um, I have to say that the teacher tells me, you know, that she's pretty independent. I mean, she, and if she needs help, she asks for it. So there, there's definitely other things that she needs help with using the bathroom. She needs some assistance, but um, a lot of three-year-olds need assistance using the bathroom. So that's not, you know, wildly unique. Um, you know, she, she needs a, a extra hand and she needs extra time with a lot of things, but she's quite independent in school. Yeah. Does she use a chair at all as a backup or, cause like, I know I met some like current type one families who where the whole dynamic of type one type two has, has changed drastically since I was a kid. Um, and I know some type ones who they walk most of the time, but then have a chair as a backup. Right. She does not use a chair. Um, yet I, I i'm not going to say that she might not use one or need one in the future but mm-hmm. part of the thing that we chose the school that we chose is because it's very small gotcha able to get around by herself and the teachers and, and like i said in the case of the stairs she's able to take um the elevator so for now she does not use a chair gotcha yeah that's kind of like it's i had to be i had to say that's kind of like by design on my end because mm-hmm. That I have anything, you know, against it, but I want her to be able to navigate her spaces on her own as much as possible. So that's part of the reason why I chose that school. Sure, sure. Well, and she started PT, like you said, right away after diagnosis. So has been like, um, as the, I guess that's one of the questions, like, has her physical therapy routine evolved since then? Absolutely. Um, I actually just wrote a little article about this. So mm-hmm. when she was diagnosed she's again only six months there, so there's not a ton that a six month old can do even a typical six month old yeah sure we put her in the bathtub we actually received an otteroo in our care package from cure sma and the otteroo is a the the um neck floaty okay yeah floaty um that is safe for babies so we, we would put her in our otteroo in the bathtub like an hour a day sometimes we would do it twice a day and we just let her play around and kick around as much as possible as she could in the bathtub and just um, move around as much as possible. And so at the time we were in Philadelphia and since we've been spending a lot of time in Miami, so when we got to Miami, we put her in the pool and we have happened to have like a, a very shallow pool. So when she kind of started to outgrow the otter root, she would, she could stand up in the pool. So she started to kind of take steps around in the pool. And I think that helped to um, bring her, I think that helped with her walking on land because she got the feeling and, you know, being able to bear weight. Um, So we spent a lot, we spent, so I'm saying that the back evolved into the pool. And then once she showed that she could do it, we started her in swimming lessons. And so she learned to swim um, 
around the age of two independently. So she swims and that's one of the things we do for exercise. Um, we, there's so many things we do. Um, and it, um, we do a lot of land therapy, you know, sit to stands and we just uh-huh. kind of, whenever she shows that she's able to approach the next move, you know, we start working on that. So we're, we're really trying to, our goal right now, our biggest goal is trying to um, help her get from um, the floor to standing up, you know, without being lifted. So uh-huh. that's what we're that's really cool. I, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I did swimming and everything from a very young age too. The water has always been really therapeutic for me and I do aqua therapy now. Um, so it's, I think it's a really cool, um, to any, whether it's pools or whatever, it's a really cool tool, um, for any SMA individual. Right. That's great. Awesome. Well, before we continue, if everyone could please listen to one more brief word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible by a sponsorship from Genentech. Are you living with SMA or are you a caregiver for someone who is? A treatment has been FDA approved based on studies of different types of people living with SMA. Genentech extends a special thanks to all the individuals, families, and healthcare providers who participated in the studies that led to making this treatment option a reality. To learn more about this treatment, visit approved for sma.com okay so amber joy on that note of you know physical routines um you wrote a story for sma my way about when jelly bean um displayed an interest in dancing and so can you talk about what your thoughts were when she first um said that to you and either what concerns or just anything any thoughts running through your head at that point sure well also I kind of lured her into the dance thing, to be honest. Okay. This is something I saw another from another, another fellow SMA mom. I saw that she put her daughter in dance class. And I was like, that is so cool. And I showed, you know, Celine the story on Instagram. Like, oh, wow, look at this girl in ballet. And I, would you like to try that? Yeah. Celine likes to try everything. She really, she'll try anything. She's, she's just very determined and, and open. So she said, yeah, I'd like to try that. And so I thought, you know, well, I didn't just sign her up. I always like to disclose, you know, her disability to people who she'll be working with. And I want to make sure that they are equipped to deal with it. And so I called the school. Hey, do you have a, a spot for my child? She has a disability. She'll need extra assistance in some of the moves. But um, is this something that, you, that you're capable of doing? They said yes. And so I signed her up for the class. And, you know, I volunteered actually to be in the room. Um, but due to COVID, I wasn't allowed to be. So um, Celine took the, the dance class completely independently. And again, like I said, she did need help with, you know, anytime from getting from the floor and standing up, she always needs help with that. Um, she's not able to jump. So the teacher would actually like just help, you know, like physically jump her so she could feel uh-huh. if she could do the moves with the students. But she did a lot of the moves independently and she really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's a really cool thing when, um, you have kids just try different activities just like any kid parent would. Uh, like for me, I did theater growing up and my mom initially had like some concerns, not in terms of my ability to do it, but like things like stage accessibility and those kind of factors. And, um, and it did, a lot of times it did take like anything. It took um, speaking up and advocacy for myself. And I think that's something I learned early on. Uh, but it was, uh, there was, 
never really anything I couldn't do um, if I wanted it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of, she has the same attitude. And so she likes to try things. And if she can't do something, she's, I guess, because she has to, she has, she just asks for help. She mm-hmm, says, hey, mm-hmm. yeah. and I love, she always says, yeah, you know, I can't do that yet. I can't run yet. I can't jump okay. yet. Can help me. Of course. Um, yeah. And she kind of is motivated to do her physical therapy because I say, hey, if you keep working at it, you know, you might be able to run one day if you keep practicing. So she's motivated to do her, her physical therapy, which is uh, on most days, not every day. She's uh-huh. three. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So. I love that's that about it. Yeah, that's great. And prior to the pandemic, were you and your family able to go to a conference in person? No, we weren't. So we got the diet. She was diagnosed in December. And like I said, that first year, that first yeah. year was for me. So I didn't even, I, I didn't even consider going to the conference. Sure, sure. And then we were registered for the next year. And, uh, and that's, that's the one that got canceled due to COVID. The first one that got canceled due to COVID. And then it was virtual again last year, but I'm happy to, to say that we're going to the 2022 QSMA conference. We're booked. We're ready to go. Awesome. I will be there. So we'll, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And looking forward to meeting so many people in, in person. That's the thing. I think it'll be really cool for her, especially to meet, um, you know, other kids with SMA um, as well. Like I was going to ask too, because I know, you know, you, you have a strong presence on social media. Have you been able to introduce her virtually to like other um, people with SMA at all? Or she's met, um, she's met a lot of kids with SMA because I connect yeah. with them. So like she knows she has friends with SMA in Philadelphia. She has friends with SMA in Miami, and we get them together. Um, so she has, and we even went. So there's, I'm a, I'm affiliated with the Cure SMA Philadelphia chapter and the Miami mm-hmm. chapter. So um, we've been to there, even though we haven't been to a conference, we've been to smaller events. Like yeah. um, there was a holiday party in December. So yeah, she can't wait. She she remembers some of her friends and she's like, I can't wait to see such and such, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I know how much of an impact it makes. Like, especially that first time you meet someone else in the community face-to-face, uh, it leaves a really lasting impact, both for the parents and the kids in that, cir- in that circle. That's awesome. Yes. Very cool. And um, well, and then speaking into like, I mean, I know the pandemic has interrupted, you know, everything in the past year, but hopefully we're getting back into the normal things, but can you, um, what are some things like, um, you guys do as a family that like, um, I like outings or anything, um, you like to do together? So, like I said, we live in Miami beach. We live right, right next to the beach. So we'll go to the beach. Yeah. Nice. She loves playing in the sand and actually like we, we have to hold her hand, but she can walk in the sand and that's great PT for her walking on that it's difficult walking on that uneven service surface but you know we try to practice that and we have a pool so we we go to the pool often we go to the playground often she has play dates um with her friends from school and her friends that live in our community and um i'm trying to think we go out to dinner a lot she loves getting dressed up and going out to dinner um so we do that you know probably three times a week and um when we're not being super active we're always really pretty super active and outside but when we're not doing that she loves movies disney movies so she can't wait to go back to disneyland in uh for the qsma conference um so yeah that's pretty much it that i can think of we have you know we visit family we try to stay just as active as possible 
Yeah, that's great. Has she memorized all the lyrics to Encanto? Because I've been seeing it later. So obsessed with Encanto right now. It's it's her latest obsession. Yes, she's memorized. I got to see it in theaters before it went to Disney Plus, and then yeah, as soon as my niece and then saw it, like yeah, I have playing the songs for her constantly. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful soundtrack. It is. Oh, it's great. They do great. They do great music. I, I love that Lynn Manuel Miranda is now like tied to Disney so he can just write all their soundtracks and it's yeah. great. But yes. that's awesome. Well, and um, going back to treatment for a second, is there anything else you wanted to say about that? Like either um, her journey um, from Sarin Sinraza to now, anything about that you want to say? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm just so happy with the outcomes that mm-hmm. she... Has. And so, I mean, there was a point where I was like, okay, you know, there was, there's, there's people who are getting dual treatments and for a while because she started this in Raza and got dual gens, but that was a dual treatment. And I was kind of like obsessed with that for a while. Like, wow, she, you know, let's, let's continue it. And, you know, her neurologist told me that wasn't necessary. And I'm like, okay, you know, but I want to give her the greatest chances possible. And now, and, and that, that she's not on any other treatments, I have to say, like, I'm just so happy with the results. Like, I'm not, I'm no longer like obsessed with her being on a, a new treatment um, until it's, you know, through the trial stage. Yeah, know, and we we know that it's safe, and and that's where I am. I'm just really happy with where we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and well, and I imagine too, like, uh, you know, it's always uh, the conversations you have when you're first learning about treatments. They tell you like you said earlier it is a case-by-case basis and um you have to you don't really know what to expect um so like was it uh, what were kind of your feelings there at the beginning I know it's it's obviously yielding great results now but like was there any hesitancies you had or just any concerns or were you willing to try anything at that point I was willing to try anything I knew you know with you know with the SMA type 1 diagnosis we all Mm -hmm. know what is if you don't get treated so Uh there was no way I was like even if this drug is new this is what we're going to do because I didn't want to you know deal with you know you know the life expectancy is two years there was no way I was not going to take a chance on the treatments um so I was gung-ho and I was pretty I mean there were times where I would be scared um but I was pretty hopeful the entire time. My husband was pretty hopeful the entire time. And I have to say that Celine has exceeded, you know, her doctor's expectations. You know, there's, I remember her neurologist who I love, and I'm not trying to like say this to knock or anything, but she's like, you know, you shouldn't expect her to crawl. She's probably not going to get, to get there. And I said to myself, she, you know, in my head, I was like, she is going to crawl, you know, and we worked on that for a long time and she did, she does, she crawls, you know? So I have so much hope for her. And like I said, even if she, you know, I just, I love her. She has such a happy life just the way she is. So if she doesn't, you know, get any stronger, which I know she will, but if she doesn't, I'm still going to be so happy with the, with the amazing person that she is right now. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And um, so you talked about her going back to school one thing I always ask my guests is like what their daily lives are like. So can you talk about just kind of a typical day of the week for you when she's in school and kind of like what that looks like for you and for her and your husband? Yep. So um, when Selena wakes up 
she wakes up pretty early, which actually helps us for our morning routine. So we have breakfast in the morning and then she does about, depending on how fast or slow we're moving that day, 15 to 30 minutes of PT before school. Um, so 15 to 30 minutes um, of PT and then we go to school, I drop her off and um, she actually just started staying for after school. So she'll go to school from um, 8.45 until 2 p.m. essentially. And then there are after school activities. She does three of them. She does science, um, cooking and yoga. Oh, nice. Yeah, so cute. So, um, and so I pick her up at 3.15 on those days. We come home and um, we may go to the playground or um, if she, there are two days she gets off early. So if she gets off early, we'll go to the pool. You know, we'll, we'll do something to keep her occupied until about five o'clock we have dinner. And then we may watch some TV or we may go for an after dinner walk and then bedtime 6.30. Gotcha. He's super yeah. busy. Yeah, it's a, oh, it's a packed day. And uh, yeah, that's great. She has two other activities. She also does Zumba and, mm -hmm. uh, and a class called Snapology. That's great. Well, Emmerjoy, this has been great. And just wrapping up here, what advice or just message do you have for other parents in the community um, or really anyone listening? Mm. Well, I think a positive attitude is, is everything. Um, we never, my husband and I never really got upset in front of Celine. We always spoke confidence and strength into her. And I think that really has helped her um, with her confidence and um, and her outcomes and her, and her happiness, which is most important, you know? Yeah. I think just keeping a positive attitude, especially as a parent. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, Amberjoy, thank you so much for coming on today. And also, where can people find you? Because like I said, I know you're both active on SMA My Way and on social media. Yes, my um, my Instagram handle is um, I am Amberjoy. And Celine actually has a page too. It's private, but if I see that you're part of the community, I'll accept you. So um, her page is Celine So Sweet, and I post a lot of her like um, exercise videos and just what she's up to. So it's it's, mm -hmm. it's nice that if you're if you're in the community, I will accept you. And she also has a, a Facebook page, um, um, SMA Celine's Way. Celine's Way, that's catchy, nice, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, Andrew, thanks so much again. Um, this has been great and. For our listeners out there, you can hear more conversations like this by subscribing to the SMA News Today podcast. You can also check out our forums and visit our website at smanewstoday.com for daily news and perspectives from the SMA community. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com and be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.